Coming up on the WAC podcast, the women's soccer tournament is over and two teams continue into the NCAAs for the first time in 10 years. Demetrius House is in the house. We'll talk about that. Kendra Sheehan is at men's soccer in Riverside, California. We'll have her on in segment two as she is an analyst for this week's tournament. Football, we only have two weeks left. We have a de facto championship game coming up after this week and men's and women's basketball. We had so many games going on. It's unbelievable. Volleyball tournament also getting underway next week. So much going on on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. We are back in Arlington, Texas for a little bit anyway. Eric Danner along with Demetrius House for the WAC Podcast as Kendra is out of town at the moment. Uh, we'll talk to her in segment two. Demetrius, welcome back to the show. We had you on, uh, what, a couple months ago now. Yeah, it was on uh, maybe the second week. We was actually <laughs> here in the office, and I'm glad to be back here. Yeah, we are in Arlington, Texas, and we will be at uh, UTRGV next week for the volleyball tournament. But uh, before that, Demetrius, let's start off with football. Only two weeks to go in the season, in the regular season anyway. And we had a couple of kind of rivalry games this past week. We had Southern Utah taking on Utah Tech, also Tarleton and Abilene Christian. And again, Kendra will talk a little bit about that as she was on the sidelines for that one. Abilene Christian comes through in that, and it's shaping up to be a, a potential championship game on uh, next Saturday as they host Stephen F. Austin. That kind of, at the beginning of the season, Demetrius, they were the one and two teams in the preseason coaches poll. Looks like those will be the two teams deciding the uh, WAC championship this year. Uh, yeah, Abilene Christian is showing that they're uh, they're able to compete with all the other teams that we have here in the conference. Uh, they've made it to the top of the standings right now. And then, of course, like you said, in next week they have the big game coming up against SFA that we might could end up being maybe our one or two seeds for the end of the season. Yeah, what could be the conference championship there in ACU defeating Tarleton in Stephenville 28-23. to They scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns. They were down 17-14 heading into the fourth. Both Kobe Clark, Anthony Smith with a couple of big touchdowns. We also had a uh, almost a whack top play out of that as uh, as Tristan Golightly had one of the best catches of the season in the whack. He uh, went 72 yards. He had a huge game, seven catches for 117. Didn't get in the end zone there, but set up what wound up being the game-winning touchdown for ACU. The other matchup we had was in St. George. It was the second time that Utah Tech took on Southern Utah, Demetrius, and the Trailblazers after starting off slow, they gave Sam Houston a scare. Then they win at Stephen F. Austin, and now they beat Southern Utah, who had been playing very well also. So Utah Tech, a team you don't really want to face at the end of the year here. Yeah, Utah Tech, they came out against Southern Utah, and they scored 17 first-quarter points, and they were outscored in the second by Southern Utah. But the third quarter and fourth quarter proved to be the final factors for them to get the 48-36 victory. Ricky Johnson is our WAC Ticket Smarter Offensive Player of the Week. Joey Hobart leads the league in receiving this year, Demetrius, but Ricky Johnson, the other wideout, nine catches, 277 yards, three touchdowns. And ever since Victor Gabalas 
became the quarterback a few weeks ago for Utah Tech. He throws for 463 yards, five touchdowns. That offense has been hard to stop. Yeah, his completions was he 24 for 36. He averaged 12.9 yards per, per throw. And uh, he was only sacked twice, so he had a pretty good outing for the quarterback position. And uh, Qualley Conley, their outstanding running back, 22 carries for 155 yards. So Utah Tech uh, picking up the big W there. They're now 3-6 and six on the season. And if you look at the schedule for this upcoming week, they will – uh, be hosting Tarleton, so that'll be one to watch this uh, Saturday afternoon. Abilene Christian traveling to Sam Houston. Now, Sam Houston transitioning to uh, FBS from FCS, so they're not eligible for the conference title, so that one would not hurt them, win or lose uh, for Abilene Christian as they head into that potential matchup with SFA. Uh, by the way, the Lumberjacks will be hosting Central Arkansas. We have a partnership with the A-Sun where one of the school one of the conference champions will get that automatic bid to the ncaa so that that's big in the uh the whack a sun standings as stephen f austin hosts uh central arkansas and then southern utah hosts lincoln of california and that'll be their uh home finale this week now we were just in seattle uh for the whole week for women's soccer and for the first time in 10 years demetrius we saw two teams get bids to the NCAAs that that kind of speaks to how good women's soccer was this year and, and has gotten to be in the Western athletic conference. Yeah. In the regular season, the competition showed that we had teams that were maybe at the top of the conference for pretty much the entirety of the regular season. And then you get to the tournament and New Mexico state just proved that they were, they wanted it better than anybody else. That's one of those things you get in the tournament situation and there's six teams, so that you really want to have the buy, uh, so you don't have to play on day one. But at the same time, Demetrius, sometimes you see schools like New Mexico State play on day one, get a little momentum going, and that kind of carried them all the way through the championship. It really did. And then their big defensive play, of course, of course, with the tournament MVP, McKenna Goshtalk, they didn't allow a single goal throughout the entirety of the tournament. And that's that's a huge statement for their defense. It sure was. They they win uh, each match one to nothing. So they beat California Baptist day one. Home team, Seattle U, they knocked them off in the semis. And then Utah Valley team with a uh, very high RPI. I think their RPI was 32 heading into the championship. Uh, and they knocked them off one to nothing after Utah Valley scored three goals uh, in the semifinals against Grand Canyon. So a very potent offense. Actually, they were down 2-0, came back, uh, scored three goals to win it in overtime and that one as far as uh, new mexico state goes they will be heading to starkville mississippi uh, to play mississippi state that is a friday matchup utah valley they get to stay home they they uh, uh so to speak they're going to play byu so they'll be able to sleep in their own beds and all that good stuff as they play the cougars both those opponents are highly ranked but we saw utah valley earlier this year demetrius defeated byu in the regular season yeah, they had they faced off uh, earlier in September. It was September 10th, and they got the 4-2 decision over BYU. So it proves that they can beat them. It's just a different different type of ball game now that they're in tournament play. And Heather Stainbrook was our Offensive Player of the Year in, in women's soccer, and Jenna Shepard, the Defensive Player of the Year, and she's got that award several times now. And she actually scored a goal in that uh, win over Grand Canyon. So it, that'll be interesting to see what adjustments BYU might make from the time they lost to to now. But Utah Valley, they, they were playing real well at the end of the year until that championship match. 
and to see how they adjust as they won a, a an NCAA tournament match uh, just a couple of years ago against Memphis. So that they, Chris LeMay has that experience. He knows how to do it. And so we'll be rooting on for the Wolverines in that one. And also New Mexico state as they face Mississippi state. WAG volleyball. We're in the final week of the regular season. Demetrius UTRGV who will be hosting the tournament, having an outstanding year. They are now 11 and one in the WAC 22 and five overall. They've won three matches in a row as well. Uh, they were actually up in Seattle last week uh, when we were up there. They they seem to be the team to beat. Actually, if they get a win, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. If they get a win, they get at least a share of the conference championship. They also have an opportunity to, uh, if everything breaks right, they could clinch the title outright and be the number one seed for sure. Uh, of course, they have a one-game lead heading into the final week, and they beat Utah Valley head-to-head, so it's almost like a two-game lead. So uh, the Vaqueros in very good shape to be that number one seed. Yeah, I got to see uh, UT Rio, Rio Grande Valley in person last week while we were in Seattle against Seattle U, and they proved that they are one of the most dominant teams that we have here in our conference. Utah Valley now 10-2. and two. They're in second place, so they have also clinched a spot as has Stephen F. Austin, UT Arlington, and Grand Canyon. So five teams have clinched. Southern Utah right now has an opportunity to clinch. Uh, New Mexico State, this is kind of a – an eyebrow raiser, I guess, for for old school whack volleyball fans. They their team traditionally one of the best in the league year in year out. Uh, Mike Jordan, their head coach, won numerous championships in the whack. Right now, they're they're sitting set, tied for seventh in the league, which uh, is not a typical spot for the Aggies. But at the same time, we saw them get the Player of the Week with 37 kills, setting a new school record. And if they do get in, I imagine if, you know, even if you're the one or two seed, you don't want to be seeing New Mexico State in the first round. Yeah, that's not somebody, that's not the game that you, you look for, but with them being tied right now in the standings with California Baptist, you never know what could happen going forward. Well, we're going to talk some uh, men's soccer coming up next as Kendra Sheehan is in Riverside, California. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Ganner and Demetrius House in Arlington, Texas. Joining us now via Zoom in Riverside, California is the one and only Kendra Sheehan. Kendra, how are things? I, I, I thought it was cold. Now I'm hearing it's hot. I mean, that's that's what everybody's worried about is the weather wherever Kendra is. I mean, the weather is an important factor. I do get a little grumpy if it is too hot or too cold. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yesterday, yesterday, by the time our matches finished, I mean, we could see our own breath in the air. It was very, very chilly. Wow. Uh, I guess for Southern California standards, it was super rainy on our practice day on Monday. So it was chilly. But today, I mean, you don't even see a cloud in the sky. It's blue sky. It's and uh, so it looks to be you know, it, as as the night goes, it'll you know drop to low 60s, but, but it appears to be better weather moving forward. We're pretty excited. Yeah, we see the palm tree behind you, so that's always a good sign that you're in a warm weather climate. As far as the soccer goes, though, so you're the analyst this week, so you're, you've been wearing many different hats the past few weeks. You've been on the sidelines for football games. 
You're on the sideline for basketball games uh, this week also before taking over as analyst for soccer. Let's start with the soccer tournament, though. Uh, we saw Seattle U, who's, uh, I believe, on the pitch behind you right now, in uh, training, as they say in soccer, not practice, right? It's training. Uh, they come out on top in the first matchup against Grand Canyon, which was a rematch of last year's WAC championship. Yeah, these two programs know each other very well. And, of course, you know, Seattle U coming from, from behind to tie up the match in that WAC championship last year and then forcing PKs where Seattle U ultimately gets that automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. GCU getting one of those at large. When you look at the regular season, Grand Canyon came up on top 4-1. to one. Sean Joash, our WAC Offensive Player of the Year, had a hat-trick against them. And that was one of the things that when we talked to Seattle U head coach Pete Fewing about was he said, we cannot let Joash have any open space. They said they didn't do a great job defending him. Obviously, in, in that first regular season matchup, having that hat-trick, he said, our guys dove in on him. They allowed Joash to be able to move on the field. You can't let him turn. And so really what we saw in this first matchup is they did a great job closing in on him. You look at the first half numbers, he shots. He didn't even have an opportunity to shoot. Of course, you know, in the second half, he has a PK where he puts it away, giving them their only goal of the match. But Seattle's defense really did a great job, and then their offense just kind of started to roll from there. In the other matchup, we saw it was uh, California Baptist, the host school, taking on Utah Valley and CBU, uh, their first ever time in the in the WAC men's soccer tournament first time they were eligible and they come out on top in that one Kendra and it seemed like there was a pretty you mentioned it was cold last night so maybe not as big a crowd as as maybe uh if it's a little bit warmer but uh we heard the Vuzavellas we uh we saw the unicorn on the sideline so there was some support for CBU that may have helped them into that uh, semifinal. Yeah, there was there was a nice uh, crowd that came out. You know, CBU played in that nightcap, so it was a 7 p.m. Pacific time start. There was a good crowd. They had the noisemakers. And then this was such an interesting matchup because these two teams literally played each other the last match of the regular season. And you talk to CBU head coach Co Michelson, who said that it was really a difference between, you know, 15 minutes of play and they could have had the two seed and locked in a bye. But for them, you know, CBU, I mean, excuse me, Utah Valley comes away with the 2-1 win. They come from behind. And so I think that was in the back of the Lancer's mind. I mean, you know, now that they have this opportunity to play potentially in the NCAA postseason tournament, they're on their home pitch. And they came in with a sort of vengeance. You could feel it. They were really controlling much of the match. They were push, pushing the pace. And Utah Valley, I don't think, had their best best match, you know. And uh, it, it really showed they had – a some phenomenal goals. The freshman Adolfo Pino had a, a phenomenal shot that just left Utah Valley's goalkeeper stunned. He really didn't move because of the way that the ball curved, but they really yeah. just controlled. That's the other part is, is they, this is a team that is so excited to have their opportunity to play in the postseason. And Co Michelson saying that there, there's such a difference between wanting to win to end your season on a high note and then needing to win to survive in advance and get in a postseason you know, tournament. He said it's it's so different, and his guys, you know, he feels it on campus. And uh, so the semifinals are set up for Friday. We have Seattle U taking on Air Force. Demetrius House to my right here has been chomping at the bit to uh, ask you some questions here. Well, what what have you seen so far out of the teams that you 
at, at the men's soccer tournament. So for Seattle U, you know, this is a very different Red Hawk team than we've seen in years past. Seattle U has been dominant on the odd years. So they've gone to the NCAA tournament 2013, 2015, 2017, 2019, 2021. But never, never can get there on those even years. So that's one of the things that head coach Pete Hewing had mentioned. It'd be nice to get there in 2022. But this is a really depleted roster. They've had a lot of injuries. And so there's some guys that, you know, some of their key guys, Declan McGlynn, for 10, 15 minutes at most. They're really battling those injuries. So he said it's it's going to be a grind. His guys are going to really have to dig deep, especially to play your three matches in such a short amount of time. California Baptist is really riding some momentum. Um, you know, they, they have the opportunity to play in front of their home crowd. There's a basketball game on Friday. That's after right after this, uh, this semifinal match. So they're kind of hoping that guys will come out for that basketball game, but also come to the soccer match beforehand and it gets loud. And you could tell on the field, the guys were very excited. It got the, it got the, uh, the energy and, and pumping a little bit faster than Utah Valley. They'll be playing, uh, CBU will be playing against San Jose State. Uh, Simon Tobin uh, has had a lot of success over the years. He's got a national championship uh, when he was at D2. Uh, been uh, head coach of the Spartans for a long time. And then Air Force is the top seed. Kendra, this is another team that's had a lot of success recently. Doug Hill, WAC Coach of the Year. London Agadu, Defensive Player of the Year. But uh, Thaddeus Doing, his numbers were right up there with Sean Joash as one of the top players in the league, Sean Josh getting whack offensive player of the year from GCU. But you, you just look at all the boxes they check there, Kendra. That's why they're the number one seed, I would guess. Yeah, this should be an interesting matchup and an Air Force coming in today. So they'll take the the, the practice pitch um, around 3 p.m. today, Pacific time, I believe. And so that'll be our first chance to get a look at this team. But they have a lot of great pieces. You know, they're playing at that altitude. They've got a lot of endurance. Should be should be an interesting matchup. And for San Jose State, who just recently left the pitch, they had a lot of energy, you know, out here. They were screaming, they were loud, and that's something you want to see as, you know, both teams that played yesterday are going to come in with a lot of momentum for Friday, and so it's really important for these teams that do have the bye to be able to start fast and come out with a lot of energy and not get caught on their heels. So we have uh, the semifinals on Friday. Championship will be on Sunday. Kendra, we, you mentioned uh, basketball a little bit there. CBU, you're on the sidelines Monday for the opening games of, of WAG basketball. Uh, you got to see the, the women's team. I think that was our first game of the year in the WAC. They win uh, to start the season off right. Men's team play the nightcap. Uh, didn't uh, didn't seem to have the the flow maybe that, that the women's team did. They, they, uh, they fall in that first uh, matchup. But as far as being on the sidelines, being a part of that atmosphere at CBU, what are some of your thoughts there? Yeah, especially, you know, for that men's game, that was, I believe, a, a 7 p.m. tip-off. Uh, you know, they filled that arena. It was loud. It was fun. The student section was there. Um, for the women's game, there there were a lot of, you know, question marks coming in with, with so many newcomers that were going to be on this Lancer squad. We had Trinity San Antonio, who was a freshman, flashes of greatness from her, but there were so many seniors on that roster that I think she got 
she was kind of, you know, hidden behind them and was taking a back seat to them. This is her year. This is her chance to shine. And she comes out in this opening match. She had drops 30 points, eight, eight rebounds, five assists and adds three steals. I mean, she was just an absolute catalyst for this team. And then the men, yeah, they just really couldn't get, get rolling. Long Beach state is a team that, you know, last year they were picked eighth in the preseason poll and they end up winning the big West regular season title. And then they lose in the, conference you know postseason conference tournament by just a single point and so they're a team that's really developed over the past two years they return a lot of guys and and I think the Lancers are still working to get their footing and and we'll see a lot as you know they'll, they'll improve obviously as the season goes on but there's a lot of new pieces with that Lancer team there's a lot of guys that just recently transferred in and so I think they're still trying to build that chemistry Oh, yeah. How was the experience at Taunton football? I saw that they improved their stadium with the new uh, stands and bleachers. And how, how was the entire feel of the game? You know, it, it was uh, it was a fun atmosphere. It was my first time being able to go to Stephenville and be at Memorial Stadium. And, you know, Tarleton had come off of that brutal loss is what they would describe it to Sam Houston, where head coach Todd Witten felt like they were really moving the ball. Well, he felt like they were a team that moved the ball better against Sam than any other team had, but they had six turnovers. You know, they were making those mistakes that ultimately were just, and they had really good practice leading up to Abilene Christian. They were really excited. ACU on the other hand, also coming off of a loss. So both teams were looking to get that six win on the season and have a winning season. And Abilene Christian just started off really rolling. They had an 80 yard touchdown early in that, you know, first quarter, second quarter that, that allowed them to have some momentum and Tarleton just really, you know, it felt like they were playing from behind the entire way. The other interesting storyline with this match of course with this matchup both teams looking for that sixth win but for head coach Keith Patterson his first year as a collegiate head coach you know he gets a winning season and this this is a guy who really thought that his head coaching opportunity has had passed him by he's an older guy and he said he thought there were chances earlier in his career where he would have a chance to be a head coach and when that didn't happen he just really never thought it would happen for him he was super emotional when he had that initial press conference that announced that he was the head coach. And so he gets that six win and, and I got a chance to ask him about it. And it wasn't necessarily on his mind. He was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't even really think of it that way, but he's such a humble guy and he gave all the credit to the players and the staff. But the other cool thing was I got a chance to ask the players about it. Quarterback Maverick MacGyver running back, Anthony Smith, who got that last touchdown that ultimately let ACU win that game. And they said that they were so excited to be able to do it for KP is what they call him, Keith Patterson, KP. But um, because they say this is a guy that pours so much into them every single day, not just football, but wanting to develop them as people and develop them as men. And so they were just excited to be able to do that and give that back to him. Well, they are now six and three, as you mentioned. And the three losses, Kendra, I mean, they lose to Missouri on the road in, in respectable fashion at North Dakota you know, an FCS powerhouse, 34-31 on the road. And then Stephen F. Austin um, in the non-conference matchup, they play each other twice this year, which was a, a three-point game. So it's all all roads are pointing to Abilene Christian, where you're going to be next week, because we can't have you at home for a weekend, Kendra. I mean, <laughs> this is, I don't know how many weekends in a row you're going to be on the WAC road trip with you being in Riverside this week, but going to Abilene Christian next week for what will be the WAC football championship game, Stephen F. Austin against uh, Abilene Christian. 
the battle of the purple. Actually, Coach Paxton looked at me and he said, hey, you wear that purple next when we see you in Abilene because, you know, I wore purple because Carlton and, and Abilene Christian, obviously both purple. And so, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily bring Stephen F. Austin the best luck. I've seen, I've been to three of their football games and all three they lost. So I'm not sure. So I would say no, that, that's, that's a hard no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you bring them good luck? Yeah, but, I might just be, you know, hiding along Abilene Christian sideline <laughs> to let them know I, I'm not here. <laughs> but that's yeah, they might send us a note and say they don't need you at their games. <laughs> well, I did wear orange and Nacogdoches also, which is a big no-no. I do apologize oh to the Nacogdoches fan base. I was, uh, you know, uh, respectably, <laughs> respectively, uh, you know, yelled at <laughs> by numerous fans wondering why I chose to wear that color or orange is not allowed in Nacogdoches but uh yeah definitely going to be a great matchup I think ACU is starting to really connect playing their best football their running back Mookie Douglas who we spoke with on Instagram live he was a transfer in from a D2 school I don't think he really got going as much as he wanted to but he was a really really big factor in this game against Charlton and so I think he's getting his footing at the right time with this program and he just adds another dimension, another dynamic to this offense. Well, the play of the game, I, I think, had to be Kendra, the one that was nominated for WAC Top Play this past week. It was the Tristan Golightly 72-yard one-handed catch, you know, stiff-arming people all the way down to the two when Anthony Smith uh, punched it in. But, again, ACU with those just making the plays when they have to to win those games. Yeah, Tristan Golightly is also a big guy, and so – you know, guarding him is, is no small task, but he made an incredible play. And really that was you know, what sealed the deal for Abilene Christian to get that victory, to you push that lead to 10 points, because, you know, after that, Tarleton comes back with that Jaden Smith, you know, seven yard touchdown to, to bring the game within five, which, you know, if you don't have that touchdown beforehand, that's a much closer game. But um, yeah, really, really credit to, to him for stepping up, making big plays when he needed to. And then when you're in Stephenville, did you go to the Heart Eight? I did go to the Heart Eight. Okay. Uh, nobody told me how the Heart Eight works. If you guys are wondering, you go in and it's it's there's it's outside and there's just a big grill. Yeah. And there's so, on all there's sorts of meat. <laughs> brisket. Yeah, they got everything there. Yeah, y'all gonna have to tell and, me about the Heart Eight. I'm gonna have to make my trip down to Stephenville. I, see, I thought you would tell oh, us yeah. about the so, Heart Eight because you're you're. I've never been to Stephenville. Well, they have. There's a couple of them. I think there's one in Dallas somewhere. Oh, I'm going to have to look it up. Let me tell you about the hard day. <laughs> you go there, you, you, there's just a grill. They're growing all sorts of meat. And there's a guy, and I said, well, what is happening here? He said, look at the grill. Pick what you want. I'm like, pick what I want. So I got a one shrimp that was wrapped in. Shrimp? Bacon. Yeah. I don't, it was, it was on the grill. Look good. Okay. I uh, had bacon, had some onions, had some peppers. Oh, man. Yeah. And I saw a nice half half slab of ribs, so I got that. And then you go inside and you pick all your sides. Got a nice beer. And then I sat outside. There was a little live music playing. So I was just by myself, just chowing down on these ribs, getting every finger involved in the process. There was sauce everywhere, probably, but where, you know, my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, on the sides, uh, did you get the jalapeno cream corn? I did get the jalapeno cream. Oh, corn. that is fire. It was not bad. Okay. I wouldn't say fire, but it fire. was fire. 
I just so, want to say I haven't had lunch yet. So no, me too. And my stomach's starting <laughs> to grumble. But jalapeno. I mean, it, it's one of those things. It doesn't really sound like it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. But yeah, the heart aid in Stephenville, and and you smell yeah. it like because they, they grill. They they got the uh, the smokers going outside, mm-hmm. so you can smell it from miles away when you get there, and and it's fall off the bone. The meat, it's juicy and tender. That's why I was asking about the shrimp because I had the brisket when I was, and it's outstanding. There was uh, there was no brisket left at the time. I did get to Stephenville uh, rather late, um, but I want to give a special shout out to the workers at that Heart Eight because my wallet was open and all my credit cards and ID had fallen all over the floor, and I didn't know. I just walked in, and they stopped me, they uh, picked them all up because with my nails I can't grab the credit card off the floor. Um, so they took care of that for me, and I really really appreciate it. Well, you've you've had some issues on these road trips, Kendra. You almost lose your credit cards. You lost your keys. Yes, I did leave my keys on the top of my car uh, before I flew out to go to Southern Utah. So that was nice. Also, shout out to the wonderful people at the Dallas Love Field Lost and Found who found those keys, recovered them, and uh, that way I five hundred. I was going to ask to go on a wreck road trip with her. Yeah, the, I think I'm good. I think she needs an assistant to to handle like her luggage was, and stuff. That's next. Coming back from Stephenville, I stopped and got some gas. And you know, usually how you pump it and it stops itself. Well, yeah. I just happened looking out there, and just oil is gasoline is spewing out of the car or out of the hole down the car all over my tire. Um, so yeah, that was nice too. Did you stop at Bucky's for that gas? Uh, no, it was a local place. It was like 309, 309 gas. It's great. Well, I saw gas on my way in today, 299. I paid 298 last night. See, yeah, we're oh, in Texas. Man. Well, then I got it was 589 in Seattle. And what's the gas in California now? It's uh, it's up there in the fives, I want to say. <laughs> Five. Well, hey, Kendra, you, uh, great job uh, on the first day. We look forward to seeing your broadcast Friday and Sunday. And uh, we're going to be headed out to volleyball next week. So we're not going to see you again. So we'll have to do another remote version of the WAC podcast next week. Because all roads lead to Edinburgh. There's no heartache there, though. <laughs> you can stop on the way down. Well, we're not driving. Oh. It's like an eight-hour drive from here. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know you guys were flying. Yeah, it's huge. All right, Kendra. Well, we'll see you next week, and we'll, we'll have everybody listen to the Whack Podcast next week too. Thanks for listening to the Whack Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and check out our website at whacksports.com.